Putting times on things gives things priorities. It gives them their space in your world. It does not negative. Remove the negative connotations to having a schedule. The reason why people aren't successful is because they don't have a schedule. Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from patricewashington.com, where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to another episode of Redefining Wealth. And if you're brand new, here's what you need to know. This is a community that believes that wealth is so much more than just money and material possessions. We believe in the 12th century definition of wealth, which is the condition of well-being. And so every week, We focus on well-being in six pillars, and these are the areas of life that impact our finances, even when we're not thinking about it. If you need to get caught up, and I suggest you do, head to patricewashington.com forward slash start here. Again, the pillars can be broken down for you at patricewashington.com forward slash start here. Before we dive into this week's episode, it's brought to you by our Redefining Wealth private Facebook community. Yes, we have a community of purpose chasers from all over the globe. I don't believe that greatness can be created in isolation. You need people and you need like-hearted, not just like-minded folks around you. So join our free Facebook community at IamAPurposeChaser.com. You'll get to meet purpose chasers who are near you. Yes, in your own country, wherever you are. You can suggest show topics and guests and even get early access to upcoming events and programs. Purpose chasers always know first. So join us at IamAPurposeChaser.com. Well, Valentine's Day is near and there is so much out there with all the sweet lovey-dovey type conversations going on with your spouse or your significant other. And around here, we always choose to do something a little different. So this is not a lovey-dovey conversation. It actually gets real. Oftentimes, my husband and I have been referred to as a power couple. And I guess you get that title, you know, if you're both making powerful moves out there in the world. But I don't think we always talk enough about what it really takes to support folks who are really purpose-driven, right? Because when you're really ambitious and a go-getter, trying to figure out how you can preserve your relationship while you pursue your purpose is a real thing. Learning how to make space for both, learning how to give attention to both, learning how to accept the fact that your significant other may not have the same level of ambition or care as much about the things that you care about. Like that is a real thing, especially if the relationship has evolved over time. So I couldn't think of anyone better to bring in and have this conversation with me, someone who has been in my life for 20 years, married for 13, together for about 17 And we have watched each other evolve, have highs and lows, ins and outs. And I thought it would be a great conversation based on what I've been hearing and seeing in my own community. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Mr. Gerald Washington. Welcome to the Redefining Wealth podcast, Mr. Washington. Yes, yes. 
I is here. (laughs) I always tell people before we start recording, just have a good time. Be yourself. Do your thing. And it was very hard to say those words to you because... Because I don't know how you behave. This is your, I think this is your third or fourth appearance on the podcast. You've been, you've been, you are my only repeat guest outside of Brandy Harvey and Marshawn Evans, who did the live event in 2019. You are the only person who's been on the podcast this many times. And for some reason, the people love you. I just, you know. How does my mic sound? Does my mic sound? <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, so it begins. Okay. So I invited you back to the podcast this time because, you know, for our Valentine's Day episodes, we don't like to do the traditional things. Last year, we did an episode around what does support look like? And we asked the husbands of women from the Purpose to Platform program to just talk about what it was like to support them through that journey and all these different things. And now that we're in several weeks into this new group of Purpose to Platform, and there's so much energy in our Redefining Wealth Facebook community, there's a common theme that keeps coming up. And it's basically this, how can I pursue my purpose truly if my partner doesn't understand my purpose or is not supportive of it, or perhaps is not clear about their own purpose. Because many people feel like many women in particular, I have to say that I've spoken to in these groups, in these threads, in the DMs, feel that they could or would be further along if their spouse was more or a significant other was more supportive or more understanding. And I wanted to talk to you about our journey because building this brand of first America's you know money maven and real money answers and now redefining wealth it's been a journey and it's had a lot of ups and downs and ins and outs and obviously you've been there every step of the way so I wanted to get some of your input and share with you some things that came out of this conversation in the Facebook group awesome glad to be here so what's your first thought When you hear a woman in particular say, I know my purpose, I'm ready to pursue my purpose, but my partner is holding me back. My first thought is, are you unapologetic about your purpose? And what I mean by that is the word partner is is deep. The word spouse is deep. And it also comes with a human attachment. And if we're unapologetic about our purpose, your partner cannot inhibit your progress, meaning they can make it rough for you to communicate with them about it. But I don't believe that they have the ability to inhibit something that you're unapologetic about. Now, it works better and it's easier. And this may be some male point of view. It works better and it's easier if I'm fully on board and if I understand and if I'm committed with you. It makes other conversations better, I'm sure. But I think for me, if you're unapologetic about what it is you want to do, which made seek wisdom, find wealth, America's money maven, easy for me to hop on board. I, for a long time, my wife would tell you, I always said, I don't understand it. I don't get the, I don't get a lot of the factors. I don't get the things you're doing. 
and, and, and I would frustrate myself. There's been many times when I've hopped in the business and I've hopped out. Being honest with you guys, I've hopped in and I've hopped out because I'm an excellent marketer. I'm a very strong businessman and I want to help, but I just don't get it. Yeah. And for me, it came around to who gives a darn if I get it because she gets it. Uh-huh. Right. And that's my, one of my things. If you're unapologetic about your purpose and you get it and you have a partner that you want to work with, we have a whole nother conversation about partners that don't even want to see you successful. A whole nother lane we can go. Right. To. But I wanted my wife to win. So I wasn't going to stand in the way of it, but also my pridefully, I wanted to support her, but also unpridefully, it, it, it was, it was, it was more of a daunting task on the progress for me to try to figure it out when, when she proved that she got it. And are you proving that you actually got it? So you bring up a lot of good points. And I'm so glad that you said this because I feel like because you have a reputation as a business person and because you have the moniker Empire Builder, yeah. a lot of times when I encounter people, they make an assumption that I am where I am because you did everything for me behind the scenes. Hell no. Oh, well. <laughs> no. Even no. in my family, people go, oh, I know Gerald did this and I know Gerald did that. And it's like very insulting because we know, right, the hours, the months, the years, the blood, sweat, tears. And you've been supportive and encouraging in your way. But I have definitely and I don't know if I've ever even told you this. I've definitely had conversations with people where they completely brushed off what I did and made it about what you did for me and not even about what we could have done together. And it, and I've been insulted by that over the years. So let me publicly apologize to you for that, for those people who in their ignorance didn't have enough wisdom to see how strong you are by yourself. We add to each other. And you built this brand and stood on it and became uh, America's money maven because of what you believed and what your purpose was. Not because of any conversation, connection or idea. The truth of the matter is I didn't get what the hell was going on. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't get online classes and courses and people coming to you. And I've I've always told you, I've never been that guy to where where I sit in online portals until recently to learn. Uh-huh. Right. But there's a whole world out there of mean things. I also don't get how to put a car together. Right. So, uh-huh. but, but it doesn't mean that I don't believe in the gentleman that wants to be a mechanic. If he's successful, I'm going to invest in his company. The truth of the matter is you proved that you had something viable. You worked your ass off every day to get it done. Blood, sweat and tears, hours of getting things done, proving the model, working it, working it, working it to whereas as a unit, we invested in it. We yeah. invested. In your, in, but so no, I didn't. So know. let so you bring up another good point. Let's get into that because I think one of the things that make us feel that we're being held back is if our partner controls the purse strings in the beginning, because mm. you have an idea and you want to take a course, you yeah. want to invest in yourself, you want to do all these things, but you may not. And then I'll speak for myself. When we first started 12, 13, 12 years ago now or so, I didn't have the money. And I mean, really, we didn't really have the money for me to be doing these things. And I remember the first time I came to you and I was like, I want to go to this course and it's $500. You gave me this look like, 
ma'am. <laughs> you didn't give me the ma'am look, but it was like, what? And it was a course around self-publishing. And, right. And, and to put it in perspective, back then, $500 was like $50,000 to us. Yeah. Not $5,000. $500 was like $50,000 to us. And I just want to make sure that the understanding of that mm-hmm. here is that the drastic request for a course and, and, and talking to someone who didn't believe in these courses uh-huh. or, or in a theory of someone who I didn't know. So, yes, it, 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 was, it was rough, but we did it. We did do it. But I will say sometimes with my ladies, what I try to communicate to them is that it's our job to enroll our significant other in the vision. And so if I'm going to take a course, then I also need to apply what I'm learning in the course, right? If I'm going to invest in this thing, I also have to be able to share and articulate how doing this course or investing in this coach or reading this book, what my plan is on how to apply it so that you can see something. Because even though you couldn't understand, you could see the progression. You could see that I was moving from, you know, one thing to the next. So here's the deal. Listeners, podcast family, you're building a business from the inception. You're building a business. So from the inception, you have to sell those around you on what you're building, but you need to know what the hell it is you're doing. Patrice did the work. She took the understanding of what she gathered from her other positions that that she didn't care for and, and her work in the real estate industry. And, who was, and she turned it into a model that functionally we can add an income stream to because it was a concept, an idea that needed. She provided a solution to somebody through this concept, an idea, attached a business model that allowed it to grow and make money. And then she found ways that we can invest in it to increase that. That made sense to me as a businessman. That made, that makes sense to someone who you want to invest in you or believe in you because you start the concept from inception. You know you're building a business. I need to sell my family or my husband on the fact of what's happening. So I need to do my research. I need to have a plan. I need to execute once we do invest. And then I need to turn around and show him or her what I did on the backside so they know the next time I come to them and invest, here's the proof in the pudding. It doesn't just stop with going to the course. It's how do you apply the course content or how do you apply whatever it is you're investing in. So now, because you're going to go back to the well, in in the first year of your business, second year of your business, God willing, you're you're making a ton of money. But if you're not, you got to go back to the well and ask for more. So you need to better prove what the first time in the well benefited. And that's what we did over and over again. We went back to the well until we got it right. Back to the well. And the the investment got bigger and bigger. (laughs) Started with... It started with $500 for a self-publishing course. And, you know, what, 10 years later, five books in, legitimately several hundred thousand dollars in in revenue from book sales alone, right? It started, and then it went to $2,000 for a coach. (laughs) That still makes me laugh. And the little deal I had to work out there and you didn't understand coaching and all those things. But I love that you said, but you trusted that I did. This leads me to a question or just a statement, actually, that came from the Facebook group. Someone said, my husband has a hard time seeing my business as work because I don't punch a clock like him. And he only focuses on results. Basically, how much am I making Um, While I'm focused on the process and and basically the milestones of setting these things up, even if it's not making money, how do you suggest 
she speak to her spouse about this so that they can get on the same page? Yep. So her husband is a practical person and he is a tangible person. So you have to speak his language, right? You have to, you have to dive into his speak. What gets him going? It's not a nine to five where you leave the office. I mean, where you go to an office, but are you, are you, are you working nine to five, right? Do you have hours that are set? Are you, are, are you sitting at a desk performing a task that when he calls you on, your, on the house line and he's at his office and he's sitting at his desk and you ask him to believe that you're sitting at your desk performing, do you have a schedule? Do you have a calendar? Do you have a, have you identified the progress you're making because Monday through Thursday you're doing this, on Tuesdays, baby, I'm doing this, on Thursdays I'm doing that. If you need to catch me in between these hours, I'm doing this, I'm recording, I'm doing blah, 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 blah. That makes and justifies in his, you may be doing all of that, right? But clearly he doesn't understand it, he doesn't see it. So make it practical for him so that he sees it. And then for you too. Are you sitting down and do you look and feel like a business doing work hours or do you not? That's such a great point. And this is why we talk about um, creating a money making space. Every place that we've lived our entire marriage, we've always made sure that there was a space that I could work from. Yeah. I mean, with the exception of working at that nonprofit, I've pretty much worked from home our entire marriage. And a home and a hybrid of Starbucks in our home. And even then I would say, I'm going to Starbucks from nine to two because I'm working on this thing. The second house we had, we we built an office Uh and left them with that beautiful construction. (laughs) We needed a space for you and then you're now assistant to work from. But the business was starting to make changes and happen. So So we were able to go from Starbucks to converting a basement because the progress happens. And to your point, are you, is it, are you going to Starbucks from certain hours? Are you, are you applying business type of strategies and conversations to something your husband can understand? I think the more respect that we show for our purpose, this is the problem too. A lot of times people think of, oh, this is my purpose. It's just, you know, they treat it like a hobby. And this like you said, this ain't nothing to play with. This ain't no joke. This is literally your bit. Like, and, and, and what frustrates me so many times, even hearing some of the comments and conversations that your team has to have, is that let, let, stop hopping into my core, my wife's course, and play with it. Stop hopping into these conversations and playing with it, and then make it about the fact that it's my. No, it's not. If it's your purpose and you are unapologetic about it, let's make some money. Let's position this strategy so that so that you win. Let's do the things that you would do if someone told you. I'd pay you a million dollars to go in the office from nine to five. Would you go? I'm sure you would. If someone told you, I'm going to guarantee you a salary of what you think you deserve, 250, 300,000, whatever the number is, but you got to do this, this and that in order to get there. Why aren't you doing it in your own business? For some people, the fear is that if they treat their purpose like a real business and it actually goes the way they hope or wish it would go, that they might be leaving their partner behind. Because how do you fully pursue your purpose if your partner is not clear about theirs? Part of me wants to say, I don't know if you can, if you can attach them together. First thing, first thing, I don't, I don't know if it's fair to you or your partner to connect those two. I think essentially your purpose is yours and his or hers is theirs, number one. And I think the second part is that we came into this world as individuals, and we're going to leave as individuals. What you do in that gap to, to suffice what God's plan is for you and what your plan is for yourself is up to you. 
you've you all have decided to be married, but you didn't decide to take on the same of everything. And I think it's important to 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 continue to to stay in that space and not attach so much of you to this marriage. And I, I think a lot of times we, I'm, what I'm hearing is that people use it as an excuse. They use their spouse's lack of clarity. And here's the deal. And, and many times you're putting the fact that you want your spouse to be clear on, on, on them. When your spouse is fine working their job Ooh. or fine doing what it is they're doing, you're making it because you are so purpose led and you want to change you're doing that everybody around you should. And that's that's unfair. Right. So if you figured your purpose out and your spouse comes to you, one thing I like about our relationship is that we've learned to and it took years, but we've learned to allow each other to grow separately mm-hmm. and, and collectively. Right. So I used to, and I try my best now, used to get defensive because Patrice is a coach. And there's conversations and ideas and thoughts that I have, and it draws me back down to, to being coached. And sometimes I'm okay with it. And sometimes I'm not. I have to learn to ask for permission. Like, are you are you asking me as your wife and you just want me to listen? Because I'm a coach all day. And then when I talk to my husband and he says something, I go into coach mode. And I don't want to be coached. Unless you do. Unless you tell right, me. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. Unless I get permission. And I think I think many times in a marriage, because we found something that we feel like is amazing. We want our spouse to feel like it's amazing for them. We want them to dive into it and grab a hold up to it. And they're not ready. And don't force them to be ready. It'll work out much, much better if they come to it in their own time. Let them, I mean, put, put, put the podcast on in the background or put the podcast on in the car when they're in the car. Put the podcast on, leave a book in the bathroom. We got real money as for men. Leave it on the toilet, right? <laughs> <laughs> Like, let, let, let them grow into it. And here's the deal. Get them their own podcast. Get them their own book. Find some, you, you'll be surprised how many men may not hop right into it. But if you put something on my desk and if my wife nudges here and there, I'm going to check it out. Because, because the goal is that you want them to become better. But I think you have to drill back how soon you want them to become better uh-huh. and, how, and how realistic it is for them to become better on their own. Yeah, Christine Hassler, who's been on the podcast, is the person who taught me this idea of giving you the dignity of your own process. That just because I'm in love with an idea, a concept, a whatever, first of all, doesn't mean that you need to be. And second of all, even if it's something that I think may be good for you, it would be better for me to lead by example than to try to push with nagging about what you should do or what you could be doing. When the truth is that's time that I should just be putting into implementing whatever I've learned so that I can even see if if this is a thing, if this works, if I like it, as opposed to trying to push every time I see something. And personally, I have to say, it's probably been about 18 months even now that she taught me that specific phrase. And I think not just in our finances or in business or in um, health and fitness, I've seen how things that I did desire have manifested without me pushing. Because you're like, babe, you've been juicing? 
order me some juices next time. I wasn't like, babe, you must do this juice cleanse with me. <laughs> the juices came. They were in the fridge. You and Reagan were eyeing them like, well, what's going on? Oh, I'm doing this juice thing. Seven days, just juicing. I didn't push or force or anything. You said next time you order, order me one. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the same thing even in the business stuff. Because if I was waiting for you, you always told me that I should do television. You were telling me that in college. You should do television way before I could see anything like that. I was not even remotely interested, right? You always saw things in me that have led to who I am and what I do, right? Even if you didn't understand the modality that I ended up going down, like the modalities I chose and the path that I went down. And in the same way that you didn't have to push me into my purpose, I don't think even as, you know, you just turned 40, I'm turning 40, even as we go into this next decade and we have no idea what's going to happen and um, we just know it's okay for purpose to evolve. There's no push from me for you to do anything in particular, like you should have the dignity of your own process. And if you ask me any questions about what I did or things I like or tools I've used, like right now we're using similar planners, right? But I've been using my planner for over a year. <laughs> I wasn't like, you must also have this planner. And I think that even when we mean well, we just have to remember that everyone deserves the dignity of their own process. It's not for us to force. That's so good. So, this is another thing that comes up quite a bit, though. Maybe your partner doesn't want to be pushed into their purpose as you pursuing yours. But a lot of people in our groups feel that as they get clarity around what they should be doing, they feel their spouse or significant other getting jealous or they feel being bitter or creating scenarios to distract or interrupt them from doing their work. Do you think that's a real thing or do you think it's just perceived? And have you ever felt that way? I can't say I I felt that way in business. I felt the effects of how heavy business can be on marriage or how heavy the intensity of my career at one time and the intensity of your career at one time affects Reagan and us and, you know, getting mad at each other for little things because it's more the outside world than it is internal. And then that took years of growth. I, I think there's two ways to answer the original question. And one is that if your spouse is bitter and or jealous of what you're doing, it's a whole nother conversation. That's not a podcast answer. It's, it's, it's therapy because the bitterness and the jealousy comes from something deeper than what you're pursuing, right? It may be internal for them. It may be their relationship conversations with themselves or their parents or their family. It may be lack of self-esteem for them. We can't fix that on this podcast. We can acknowledge the fact that, and so that's one thing, right? And then that, if it, especially if it's a negative jealousy and a negative resentment, and I think we know the difference, right? I think, I think, I think we can relate ourselves. We can look back at other conversations and situations that have happened and how our spouses reacted, right? And, and, and we can give them grace based on the response. And I think we can also look at, you know, a, a lot of things that we have to remember is that like life is also happening while you're also progressing and your spouse is also progressing. 
And when we fail to take a beat and sit down and, and, and talk, we fail to take a beat to sit down and respond. And if you do have a jealous spouse, right? If you do have a spouse whose self-esteem is a tad bit lower than, than yours or than you were like, I think if you care enough to give them the grace to walk them through it, the approach to it next time may be different. I don't have the answer what that is because we're not talking about a specific situation. But I know for me, it's not about jealousy or or anger or anything like that or envy. Well, let, me, let me use a perfect example. Sometimes it is envy. More I can hop on a stage and talk to millions of people and they get off and they, and they clap it up and down and excited about it. And early on in the career, in her in her career and in mine, I thought I wanted to be outside. I thought, I mean, on stage, I thought I wanted to be this person who wrote books and did all these things because I'm in entertainment and I know a lot of people and I'm doing all these amazing things. I should be speaking to thousands too. Hell, I'm doing good stuff. And if I'm honest about it, internally, it gave me a little resentment, not at her, but at what I was missing internally. But I can see how I potentially may have taken that out in her or taken it out on the household or on things that were going on and, and made it about her when truthfully it was about me. And then when I was able to, as I got, as I matured and, and went on, and this is another thing you guys may want to do is do some live stuff. I went with her to these speaking engagements uh-huh. and I, and I, and I saw her from the stage and then I, then I spoke on stages and I realized how nervous I get. <laughs> <laughs> right. She pushed me to write my first book positively. I wrote it and I don't want to write any more. Right. Your book is so good. Wait, shameless plug, because I have it right here. (laughs) Don't just start a business, build an empire. Your book is so good. But it's funny. I think it speaks to look your book, my book. It speaks to you were you were like, you're going to get these nuggets and I'm out. But it was awesome. And, and And I think, you know, I could see how the jealousy of what I thought I wanted. The jealousy of what I thought I had to be successful because I I'm seeing my wife do it so effortlessly. I should, as the man of the house, sometimes this comes up as a provider, I should be able to match her and do what that what that is because I want her to look at me and be like, okay, my husband did that too. When I already had those things. So bring my answer back. The the envy and jealousy that may be in your spouse. One may be something you're producing mentally, thinking that he feels that way, he or she feels that way. And the other side, if it, if it really is jealousy and envy that comes from a hurtful place, that's a therapeutic conversation that we can't answer. Mm-hmm. I think your answer was incredible, though, because I can honestly look back and say that I obviously added to that pressure. So if you were feeling like, oh, I should be on the stage, my wife is on stage, you know, I'm looking at the picture behind you of us on stage together. And I love that. And I felt like, we're going to be on stages together. And so I also added to that pressure. I think it also just speaks to everything that's permissible is not necessarily beneficial for every person because you are really great from the stage. Like your book is amazing. I believe that you're brilliant. And I see people on stage and I think, my husband could kill this dude, right? I've seen it. I've seen you on panels where it was like, this could have been a keynote because these other three dudes haven't said a word worth anything. And I'm not just saying that because you're my husband. Like that was the truth, like the, the God honest truth. 
But just because you can doesn't mean you should. And if it's not, you know, in alignment with what you're being called to do, there's no need for you to put that pressure on yourself. And there's definitely no need for me to add to that and make you feel anything less, right? Because you don't do what I do. I remember when Reagan was about nine and I said, and people were like, oh, Mini Money Maven, which was her nickname for a long time. People didn't know her real name. It was just Mini Money Maven. And they're like, you should write a children's book with your daughter and all these things. And I never really had a vision to do that by any, you know, that, that was not my vision. But I thought, oh, it'd be cute. And, you know, and so I asked her about it and she said, why would I do that? We already have one author in the family. Why do we need two? I said, oh, well, <laughs> there, there that goes. And she was dead serious. And it was, I love how certain she was. She didn't even like bat an eyelash. It was like, just because that's what you like to do, mom, don't try it with me. Like, don't try to push me into that. And I just let that go. I've never said another thing to her about that. And now we know she's a great speaker. Like, you know, she's a great orator. She's done these speeches and all those things. And secretly, I'm hoping that she becomes a speaker. But it's also just because it was a part of my calling, like my gifts, even if she's good at it, if that's not what she's called to do, it's not something that I, that I would push her to do. And to your point, that is A-OK. And it's A-OK. So you talked about how sometimes in marriage or relationships, how a business can weigh on the family. We had some people say that they are at the point of needing to schedule uh, sex, needing to schedule family time. And they feel like bad about that because maybe they shouldn't be pursuing this business or doing these things if it's going to cost their family. I think that it's wise to just schedule it and put things on the calendar. What do you think about that? I completely agree. Right. I, I think the, the problem that society has classically conditioned us to believe is that because we're going to go on a date on Wednesdays at nine o'clock, it doesn't make it romantic. That's BS, right? The romance comes in the date you're going to go on. And the fact that you're committing yourself to it, doing it, makes your marriage romantic because there's a, you're, you're, you're putting times on things giving is give, gives things priorities. It gives them their space in your world. It does not negative. Remove the negative connotations to having a schedule. The reason why people aren't successful because they don't have a schedule. Even, even, even in your marriage, the reason why you aren't successful because you don't have a schedule. Go to breakfast, go to lunch, go to church, read the Bible, talk to your kids at a certain time, you know, schedule it out and don't make the scheduling negative, make the schedule positive because if you can see it, then you can do it. it. Many times you forget. You roll over and go to sleep or you wake up in the morning or you don't take, you don't spend time talking to your kids or you don't, whatever it may be, schedule it. It's okay. That's why with the planner that, that we're doing in the business, like one of the things is the people pillar, right? Is like, we have the six pillars. And when I say that, the point is to set up your life to support you by acknowledging these pillars every day. There should be something towards your fit pillar, something towards your people pillar, your space pillar, your faith pillar. All of those things matter in terms of you having just like a holistic idea of your life, your wealth building, but not without well-being. And I know whenever we have not scheduled our date nights and they fall off, 
it does feel, and I can see the shift, right? We've talked about this before. It feels like all mom does is work. All you do is go downstairs. But if there's not something to occupy that time, it's easy to do because that to-do list is always building. I can do 10 things today. And in the morning, 12 things will be back on my calendar, back on the list, right? So it, I have to build in us going to the gym at 645 Monday, Wednesday, Friday, which is something we now do together that I love, right? Like we have to build in date night. I got to build in that time to sit and watch all of Reagan's TikToks in the evening. And it may feel like just sitting at the kitchen counter, but those are some of our best times. Those are some of our best conversations, but they also are on my calendar. When quarantine started, lunch with Reagan was on my calendar, you know, like, and I just can't see to your point why we would make that a negative thing. Like it means less if you have to calendar it. It actually shows that it means so much that you are creating the space for it from the beginning of the week, from the beginning of the month. And the shift is that simple. But the problem is we don't shift. Right. So everybody listening to this podcast right now, if that's your conversation in your head. It's literally time to shift it now. And, and, and the thing about it is the generational curses we can keep adding to our, to, our, to our families is by making that negative. If you don't tell you, if your kids, my daughter sees us schedule, she will schedule and it will become okay. And she will bring that into her life and her future that scheduling certain things matter. She watches her face. She takes her bath. She has all these female things that are driving me crazy. That she her, her self-care routine is on point. <laughs> But she schedules it she, before she goes to bed. Sometimes she needs to schedule her early because her butt almost late to get on the bus. But she's so, yeah. she so gets it because it matters. Because then, she sees it. And then you'll see her checking. Hey, when's y'all date night? Hey, when y'all doing this? Hey, when y'all doing that? Hey, dad, what time are you coming back? You know, and, and it's important because now her life will change as well. And it won't be a negative thing for her. It's just a way of life for her. So listen to the podcast. What's that in your life? Yeah, I love it. Here's another thing that has come up and I have to go back to the support piece from your significant other. People have asked questions about how far into my business do I allow my spouse, especially if they really don't have a skill set in particular in what I'm doing, but they just want to feel a part of it. I don't live a life or, or marriage or relationship where there isn't a conversation. We have Monday meetings and we talk about bank accounts for every bank account we have and every business we have, mine, hers, whatever. And the involvement in business, I think, matches my skill set at this point. Early on, I wanted to be all the way involved, but there's never a day or a conversation I can't ask what's going on, what's this about, or vice versa. Because being inquisitive about the things that are going on, I think shows a, a desire to want to see you grow and do more and, and understand more. I think the question more is when the spouse not wants to know what's going on, but wants to literally be involved. So one time we were on a podcast together and you shared, I wasn't going to share, you shared that I asked you to exit the business at one point. Yeah, it was the right thing to do. I got fired. 
And I got fired because I was I was becoming my inability to understand and to wrap my head around things got in the way of my ability to be a husband and be supportive. My inability to understand produced questions and defensiveness on both sides. They got in the way of me being supportive. The right thing to do was to fire me. Now I'm very successful, guys. So being fired was not something I wanted to hear. But I think the lesson learned in, in that was that it wasn't the right role. And this is not, I'm not needed in this space. I'm needed to sit back and rah, rah, rah. And how can I help and carry the bag or, you know, make a plate or whatever we got to do in order to support. It wasn't whatever that was I was trying to do then. I really don't remember like what the, what the main thing going on at that time was. I just remembered how scary it was to, to, to have to say and sit in that truth. Because like you said, at the top of the show, it's on me to be unapologetic about my vision and, and, and the purpose and, the tone and the feel and the culture of how I feel called to run this business. And if it's just not in alignment, you can advise me without actually having to be in it. And I feel like that's where we, we thrive and work better together is like me being able to say in our Monday meetings for our business, when we go through each business, one of the questions we ask is, how can I support you? Or where do you need support? And that's the time to be like, okay, so here's what I'm dealing with. Here's the challenge. Here's the issue. What's your advice? As opposed to just sending you in to come in and just have conversations and do things where you haven't really been privy and, you, and you're using the tactics that work for you, but they don't necessarily translate to how I run things. Oh, and that's good too, because... Acknowledging that up front, I run my staff different. I have a different energy. I have a different aggressive tone that that has been understood over time. And sometimes when it comes into the room right away, it's abrasive, you know, but no, but I had to learn that. I had to learn the difference and I had to learn that the differences are okay. And we had to learn to have the Monday meeting and I provide how I can support there and then stay out of the rest. And it's worked amazing. Yeah, it's been really good. But I have to tell you, the the some of the favorite ways for me that you've shown support, and I wanted to just share this publicly because I think it would help other women in particular or just, you know, it, it whoever, women, men. Sometimes when I'm working all day and you just bring me lunch, Everyone knows that, you know, cooking is not really my ministry. It's just, it's just not, I'm not that great at it. If I throw something together, it's very rarely done with a sense of love. It's like a sense of duty of like, oh, I got to make something happen. But my husband, you, Gerald Washington, who I knew was a good cook before we even got married, we call him Chef Boyer G. Even if you make a salad like I'm mostly vegetarian. I'm like 90% vegetarian, but you will throw together these plates and everything is so pretty and it's so well put together. And I instantly feel so supported. Like it's, it's not about, oh, you had to come sit in this meeting, but you know, I've been on the, on back to back to back calls, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. And in the middle of a meeting, 
he won't be on camera, but he'll come around that desk and scoot a plate on my desk and with a bottle of water or with something or put my vitamins out or just anything. And that's not traditional, right? In people's minds, that may not seem like a traditional role. Keeping me nourished is a part of what allows me to serve. That is service. So if your spouse or significant other is not trying to be in the business, but they're doing gestures, making small gestures to make sure that you can keep showing up for your business, be okay with that. Like, that's amazing. If they know you've had a hard day and they ran a, a, a bath for you, that's freaking amazing. And this idea, especially for women who are very driven and ambitious and maybe out on the forefront, right? Still, the only way that I can show up and do what I do is because I have the support of a husband like you. Not that you have to negotiate every deal on my behalf, although you do, but not because you have to do that. But even if you didn't want to do that, didn't have the time to do that, or weren't capable of doing that, I still believe that just those other things are necessary and are helpful and are more than enough. You know, I think anything else that you can offer is a bonus. And someone in the Facebook group said she believes her spouse is okay with supporting her in the ways that he can. It's outside forces. It's the uncles that got something to say. Oh, so you making her a plate? Mm. Oh, so your wife's still gone? Or even when I was traveling and, and people might make references like, Oh, so Gerald stayed home with Reagan. Well, that's his child. When he's traveling, I stay home with Reagan. What do you mean? <laughs> like, you know, making these insinuations like you're babysitting. But when I'm at home, I'm just at home with the child. One last word just about what you're thinking in those moments. And then what do you say? Or if anyone's ever said any of these types of things to you that made you question, you know, your support in this way of me. So, so I'm going to say two things. One, when your husband asks you how he can support you, tell him. Don't force him to always try to figure it out because he'll get frustrated. If he's asking, it's because he wants the answer. He'll put his spin on it. He'll do his thing. But please give him grace. And when he asks you how can he support you, tell him, whatever that may be. If it's a bad food, listening to you when you get off the call or whatever it may be from this or that. For me, the conversations around the same conversations that, that you mentioned, someone said in the Facebook group, used to happen to me until I was until I understood. You know, people always make comments about my wife not cooking, my wife don't cook, Patricia don't know how to cook, and I always say my wife makes a lot of freaking money. My wife don't cook; I can get her a chef because she makes money, and so. And, and, and the, the, the defensive nature of the man in the Facebook comment from the spouse that has an uncle who says this is that is that when he's ready, he has to own it. And you can't fight that battle for him. Let him still be himself. When he's ready, he has to own it. Right. And that's on him. Your responsibility is to nurture what he does for you and make him feel powerful when he does it. Whatever it is he may do, make your plate and. Make him feel powerful for owning that space, especially knowing that he has conflicts externally. You just do what you can do internally. Don't you worry about the external. Make him feel powerful and you'll give him the strength he needs to tell them to go do whatever they want to do with their wife. I'll say something I shouldn't say. It. 
And for me, it's, it's, I think you get to the point as friends to where you want to see your friend feel better all day. You want to see your friend produce all day, let alone wife and spouse and relationships and anything other. This person is, Teresa is my friend. And so if she's on back-to-back calls and I'm passing the kitchen in between things I got to do, I know she hasn't left her office. So if I'm going to go in this refrigerator, it ain't always something magnificent. But here goes some cashews that was on the counter. Your butt probably ain't ate. You need to eat, right? Or, you know, so I, I think in those ways, in those spaces, in relationships, guys, we can't always be so damn serious. And our seriousness puts all these blocks and barriers in front of us that, that removes who we were to each other when we started this. You married your spouse for a certain reason. You had kids for a certain reason. Get back to that sometimes and stop being so guarded by what you think society says, what you read on Facebook and Instagram. And I was like, I don't have none of that. I, I am. What did I do? I don't know what you call it, but I, I'm done. Right. You, t- you took them off your phone. Yeah, well, yeah. But for me, that's everything. Cause I don't know. <laughs> But it opened up the space for me to have clarity around so many other things that were missing. Mm-hmm. So many other things that were missing. So I, I'll hopefully answer the question. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. And every every plate that you've ever made has always been beautiful. It's never just been <laughs> thrown together. And I appreciate you and I love you for it. And the times that you have stepped in, you know, even on like a purpose to platform call on a Friday call, you got in there, you did your thing. I was like, I'm not even going to look in this chat and see. I'm not going to log on. We have our own conversations. We don't really need you all the time for them, you know. They let me cuss. They let me die. <laughs> I get to be me. You know what I mean? I love when the ladies let me just, just let me give it to you the way you're supposed to get it. <laughs> yeah, you guys call me Chief Edge Snatcher. Oh, my goodness. Right. At least at least I say it with a little with a smile. And no cussing. Oh, no. But Ain't no smiles. <laughs> and, we, and we got something coming for y'all soon, too. Yeah. Yeah, we do. And I'm excited about that. But I appreciate you so much for being here. I think I've asked you before, but I'm just going to ask you anyway. How do you define success? Because it may have changed since last time. I define success as peace, happiness, and a wealth that affords me the right to have a legacy. How do you define wealth in three words or less? Family, health, and security. That's definitely changed. Oh, I'm rubbing off, y'all. See, you don't have to push. It just starts to happen. <laughs> have you read a book lately that has helped you redefine how you see wealth? I haven't read a book, but I listened to a sermon this past Sunday that opened my eyes to vision and allow God to speak to me by my word of the year being patience. And that sermon reminded me and opened me up to the fact that I've got a vision for my life. Uh, So it wasn't a book, but it was an hour conversation that changed my life. And it was Mike Todd from Transformation Church. Bad boy. Mark your words. I believe, or mark my words or mark your words is the sermon. And we can link to it in the show notes. And fill in the blank. My name is, and for me, the truth about wealth is. My name is Gerald Washington. And the truth about wealth is, for me, it is completely hinged 
upon the ever-changing cycle of my life and my family. So true. And I know those are different answers than you probably given before. And I think they should be because we evolve and we have new experiences. We're exposed to new things and we have the right to change and to shift and to grow and to transform. And there's no reason that you have to always define these things exactly the same. So keep redefining wealth, Brother Washington. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank y'all for having me. It's been good, (laughs) y'all. This is what I deal with. All right. Did you enjoy that episode as much as I enjoyed recording it? Oh, I wish you guys knew (laughs) all that it took to get him to sit down and do this episode, but I hope it was worth it. We tried to hit as many things as we could. It was brought up in our Facebook group. And thank you so much, Purpose Chasers, for how you chimed in to help shape this episode. I'm definitely going to be leaning on you more and more this year to help with these episodes because I want to make sure that this podcast is truly serving you. I want to be sure that you are growing in every pillar and you are getting your burning questions answered. So look out because I'll be asking more questions. If you're not in the Facebook group, you need to get over there. It's an amazing, amazing community. It's the Redefining Wealth Facebook community. Go to IamAPurposeChaser.com. And it'll take you there. (laughs) I am a purpose chaser.com. We would love to hear from you. I'm going to be sharing your feedback with Gerald. So please, please, please share your feedback, share your thoughts. And if you have any other questions, concerns, things that you feel like we should have hit in the episode, just post it. You know, if I can get him to sit down again, we can record a part two. But I thought it was really important. Make sure you share this with your loved one, with your significant other. And hopefully it sparks some really great conversation because I truly believe love looks like support and it is about giving everyone the dignity of their own process, right? But it's also, like Gerald said, about supporting just because you know it's important to your significant other, not because you truly have to understand all of the ins and outs and details. And I'm so grateful that even though he didn't understand He did the best he could to support whatever that looked like in different seasons, because without his support, I don't believe I would be here today. I could have done a lot of things, may have been great at a lot of things, but I don't think I would own who I am in this space. And so, Gerald Washington, you wear me out, but I love you dearly. (laughs) Happy Valentine's Day to you all, and I will see you next week. Until then, I want you to go live your life's purpose find fulfillment and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later.